This podcast's getting crazy. Let's rock! Everybody and welcome to episode number 67 of the spoiler cast and episode one of something new we're trying out um i've titled this devil may cast we may do others uh the idea is that this time we're going to be focusing on an entire series rather than one game or one movie or what have you uh we've done this before we've done this before but that was kind of off the cuff, I think. Whereas I think I think yeah. there's definitely talk about us making this a bigger thing. Uh, but anyways, yeah. for tonight, I am your host, Tristan Atherin Hess, and I am joined here by Dan. Hey. And Barra. Uh, yep, Barra is here. Um, we are back, and I'm very excited to be casting with my dear friends, and uh, I'm full of love for you all, and I'm getting sentimental, so... <laughs> Let's do this. Tell me about this weeby bullshit. Right back <laughs> oh, at you. Oh, you Yankees. This, this isn't even the weebiest. Now that uh, now that Code Vein is out, aka Weeb Souls. Yeah. Um, oh no! I, I, I and for the record, I have no problem with the weeby stuff. It's just this is a weeb series. I don't know. I mean, I've just like mainlined my hero Akka through into my veins mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's really good. It made me remember why I like shonen anime, and it's also nice to see one which kind of solves a lot of problems that other shonen anime have. You mean like the Superman problem? Yeah, also like the Naruto problem. Like, yeah, it's, it's just it's just really it's just really well done on yeah. like both an animation level and a storyline level. And yeah, I we should cast about it sometime. because It's yep. pretty great. Uh, when we for, do cast, Tristan, uh, Tristan, remind me what. What is the spoiler cast? So the spoiler cast is your occasional look at the latest and greatest in movies and TV shows and video games, originally video games. And as a spoil and as a warning, we are going to spoil the hell out of whatever we are talking about. Uh, we used to say at the end of the episode together. At, at the, the end, end of, of the episode. episode. Um, but this episode we're not really starting off with news. We're just kind of diving right into it. So this is your official warning that I am primarily I'm going to be talking about the Devil May Cry series and all five games in it. Well, let's say four and a half because we're not really going to talk about two. The less said about two, the better. A little bit of, we can talk a little bit about two, I guess. But um, and and we're not talking DMC. You can get right okay. out of here with that shit. Okay. No I've DMC. I've heard I've heard DMC was good. I for one enjoyed DMC. Yeah. Whoa, I'm losing you guys. Hmm? Are you guys okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, we're, we're live. Oh, that's that's weird. I was seriously losing you uh, on the audio. It happens. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
I, we were probably because we were just talking about how much we loved the DMC re- reboot. Well, I the, have the well, universe I... conspired against you. Um, all right, all right. Mm. So uh, let's take this opportunity. All right, so DMC, aka DMC Devil May Cry, is for the most part hated by fans. The big reasons being um, that when it first came out, it had a lot of issues. And those, a lot of those did get fixed in the, what, Definitive Collection that came out? Or the, the improved version that they released? Uh, but the big reason fans disliked it was because of how it mangled the main characters. Also, it just drips, like, 2000's Edgelord. Like, Western 2000 Edgelord. Uh... It's, like, soaking in it. And... Let me put it this way. One of the best fixes they made in the improved edition was they removed Virgil's, uh, <laughs> they removed his fedora. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, the game, I think the, the distinction though is that the game is actually really fun to play. Mm. And, um, it's, or I really, I really enjoyed playing the video game. And what I heard about, yeah. so the, as, uh, as a character action game, it's not necessarily bad. Uh, there are some enemies later on that can only be hurt by one kind of, like, you have demon weapons, you have angel weapons in that game, and there's some enemies who can only be hurt by demon weapons, and some enemies who can only be hurt by angel weapons, and that really kind of throws off some of the later stuff if you're big into the weapon switching, and they mm. added on extra stuff for Virgil, which is, like, seriously broken, mm-hmm. because Virgil I mean, teleports. What? And so what, there are lots of little tiny platforms with no edge guarding. Yeah. So what I heard about the this game though is is that like it's different than the main Devil May Cry series and that it doesn't have like the fun Dante Camp stuff. But it I've also totally heard that it's doesn't. a lot of fun. I, I've heard it's just basically just like kind of like a different riff on the property, but that it's but it's also enjoyable in its own way. Which you know, again, I haven't played either thing but i guess for me on at least on a general principle i'm okay with people riffing on and changing canon if it for something on on a different take especially if they then go back and do something in like the original canon as well too which it seems like they did so it sounds like books kind of got the best of both worlds with this series you got to get a new thing and then you got to go back to the thing that gave you nostalgia and uh, folk and it seems like a lot of folks did appreciate both or at least so, some folks liked it. Well, so here, so here, so this is actually a great time to talk about the development of the Devil May Cry series, and sort of all the stuff it's been through over the years. Yeah, so, what talk about the first Devil May Cry okay. game, guys? All right, yeah, so, so should we go? Should we quickly go through like? So when we're recording this, like Devil May Cry Five has been out for a few months now. Yeah, mm, I want to um, do this much sooner. And which is which is just fine. But as far as pedigree, Tristan, I believe you've played every one, right? Yes, I have. Um, I have played one, half of two, all of three, none of four, and probably half of five. Uh, yeah, my you're pet- about halfway through DMC. five. Yeah, and I've and I've played through, I played through a good chunk of DMC Double My Cry as well. Mm-hmm. And Bear, I think you said you you're pretty new to the series, so you'll kind of be asking questions and things. Yeah, like that. I'm just gonna be asking game. questions. Like I have seen people talk about Devil May Cry in the video game community for a very long time. 
Um, I've seen the first episode of the of the anime with like yep. I believe with Tristan in college. With oh like, yeah, be like I would like a strawberry sundae. <laughs> yeah, the anime. It's a thing. So, so the we'll, anime. we'll talk he about has a the thing anime for strawberry sundaes. <laughs> we, we will talk about the anime uh, because but it is the anime is about the most I've actually dabbled in this. No, uh, the anime is super unimportant to the main story. Uh, here, so my idea is I'm going to talk about the development and the history of the series. Mm-hmm. And then I'll talk about the history within the games, and the mm. full storyline there. Sounds so, good. So, developer side, in-game side, keep them separate. Cool. Uh, but so yes, developer the de- side. But the Devil May Cry anime. How did anime, this thing get started? Okay. The development of Devil May Cry. Mm. So way back in the ancient mists of time, Capcom had just completed Resident Evil Three. And Code Veronica. And they were riding high on the crest of the survival horror genre. It was also at this time that Capcom had not necessarily a bunch of studios under them, but a lot of teams within Capcom working together on different things. So this is Mm. where Clover Studios came from. And that's where our story is going to begin. So Clover Studio used to be a part of Capcom. And was helmed by Hideki Kamiya. Hmm. Capcom would eventually close Clover and absorb them into the main the main crew. This is after Clover produced such games as Beautiful Joe, Okami, God Hand, and so forth. Yeah, so a lot of the iconic games from the early 90s, from the early 2000s, came from the studio. Mm-hmm. Now... Having a lot just of completed, good but commercially unsuccessful games. Right, but I guess the thing is that like a lot of my, I remember like a lot of my friends playing and playing a lot of those games, like Beautiful Joe, Okami, like people not just like playing a little bit, like but like mainlining those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember God Hand being like a personal favorite of people in college that it was just like ridiculous and amazing as such. Oh yes, so, but they didn't make money. No, most of them didn't. Okami, I, Okami probably. Oh, Okami has been a total success, considering how many times they've re-released it. Yeah. Anyway. It's a a special game. So, so anyways, at this point, Capcom is looking towards the future, and they've just... And they want to change up the formula for Resident Evil 4. So, what they do is they get... Four teams? Yes, they get, uh, no, three teams. They get three of their teams together and have each team work on a game, one of which will become the new Resident Evil 4. Okay. Hideki Kamiya takes his crew and the people who were part of Clover and starts creating a game that's a bit more action-oriented. It's set in a spooky castle. With lots of spoopy enemies, but has this interesting sort of chapter build rather than a sort of continuous, like like a continuous linear progression, right. or mm. a single location like the old, like the old Resident Evils used to be. Right. Another team it makes the game that eventually becomes the Resident Evil Four we all know and love, and the third team. Uh, comes up with a game that is much more 
traditional survival horror. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, uh, ba, 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 ba. Long complicated history. But anyway, the the, the so while Tristan looks that up, like the big the, the big thing is <laughs> Resident Evil Four came out of the same development pitch thing as Devil May Cry did. Correct. Correct? Yes. Correct. Wow. So uh, essentially just like right. the pedigree of this brainstorming session for gaming right. is huge. Right, exactly. And and Devil Devil May Cry was originally a Resident Evil game, quote unquote. They were right. building it to be a Resident Evil successor. Right. But it was so good that they were like, let's just make it its own thing. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it's right. interesting because, I mean, we've we've gushed about RE4 before because mm-hmm. RE4 oh, yeah. is one of the best games of all time. But it is interesting that, like, it, it had a number of action elements has a, in it as well. It's, like, kind of this seamless blend of, like, horror and action. <laughs> and it's interesting that that same process also created another game which had horror and action blending it's just more towards the action level and then also putting in like some serious delightful camp or at least so i have been told right so what ended up happening was so the game that actually became so, RE4, yeah, Tris, you were saying yeah so the game that actually became re4 was put forward as a blend of action and devil may cry was Tristan. horror but with more action Tristan. yeah i'm here Tristan. Oh, wait a minute. Say something, Tristan. I'm here. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> uh, I know what I did. Okay. Okay. Sorry, it was my fault. Okay. So, anyways, uh, take it away. Take it away, Tristan. Okay. We're gonna do some shopping. <laughs> so, so we got so we got three games out of this. Uh, the third, the one that I can't remember the name of, and I'll probably find it and put it back in here so we can like clip it in, was a much more traditional. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the... So, uh, and the third game... Da, da, name da. of game here. <laughs> yeah, basically. It seems um, good. Well, because I, I forget because it had a different name in, in Japan, it had a different name in the West, and... Um, yeah. And it did not sell a lot. Uh, but say, the big thing was you had a dog as your main pedigree. companion. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to look it up, but my goodness... I kind of remember that game. I'll look it up and I'll get the name. Keep wow. writing. Oh, and, oh and how that the dog, tables have turned. Only that dog, one of us cared about this. And then two. But about this dog? And then, that, so that same dog, it actually appears in Resident Evil 4. He's oh. the dog you help out of the bear trap, who helps you in the first fight uh, against El Gigante. Oh, wow. It's the same, it's the same dog, like, like, model. So oh, Leo so says, cool. hey, it's that dog. He's referencing the other game that could have been RE4. Wow. Tristan, you're, you're referring to the game Haunting Ground. Yes. That's it. Known yeah. In, known, known in Japan as Demento. Yep. Demento. That's a name. Oh, yeah. Can we just, can we just like, appreciate that name, <laughs> Demento? It sounds like an edgelord Harry Potter, like, creation where he's just like, a man had half of his soul sucked out by a Dementor before he was saved. Now he's going to war against both Dumbledore and Voldemort with guns, magical guns that shoot bullets and a Davacadabra. If you get hit by this, you're dead forever. Anywho... <laughs> yes. So, so taking, taking, ground, it, taking it, 
No, taking it a step further, Haunted Ground is a clock tower spinoff. Oh, yep. shit. Yep. So, yeah, so oh, it's the team wow. originally behind Clock Tower who put forward hunt, what became Haunting Ground as their contender for RE4. Mm. Then there was the game that eventually okay. became RE4, which was a blend of action and horror. And then we have yep. Devil May Cry, which was horror but more action. Okay. So this, DMC... Oh. All seems cool. So DMC did not become Resident Evil 4, but they felt it had merit. So they had Hideki Kamiya keep working on it. Devil May Cry came out and was the kind of the first in its genre. Like, 3D action, over-the-top, like, and a level of depth to the controls that we hadn't seen before. Like... Right. So it was... kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, and I was I was just doing that. I was trying to think of a game before Devil May Cry that was out that even kind of came close to matching what it did, and I'm, I honestly can't think of anything. Right. It was... I mean, RE4, it sounds like they're kind of twins in many ways. Right, but for example, in RE4, you can't say jump. You also have to stand still while shooting. Right. Right. Whereas, whereas Devil May Cry, it's all about mobility. It's all about having multiple combos, multiple abilities you can use, multiple weapon styles you can switch between. And just sort of having that over-the-top freedom. So it's kind of like putting a fighting game into an action game, then. Yeah. Um, cool. So Devil May Cry came out, and it did fairly well. It was very, very niche at its time. Unfortunately, sort of the stuff around Devil May Cry's release um, created a lot of bad blood between Hideki Kamiya and Capcom. Interesting. Like... The, and this is on top of they had already sort of shuttered Studio Clover and forced a lot of Studio Clover to um, sort of remerge with main, you know, the, the main um, Capcom. Capcom family, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And eventually that's partly what led to Hideki Kamiya leaving Capcom and taking a whole bunch of his folks from clover with him and founding what would be platinum games oh interesting and the first game now when they were working on devil may cry uh hideki and his team worked under the name of team little devils okay Hmm. that was the so what what Give me, remind me the chronology. Did Beautiful Joe and Okami come out before Devil May Cry? Yes. Really? Yep. Because those were all done under Clover. Okay. Interesting. Um. That doesn't feel right, but I'll take your word for it. I think time has just become a vortex. Yeah. It is weird as you get older, shit like begins to blend, and it's disturbing. Yeah, that's here. Uh. I'm looking it up here. Yeah, so the original Devil May Cry sold uh, by July of 2006 
Devil May Cry had sold 1.1 million copies and earned $38 million in the United States alone. So, not crazy, but it still earned, it's, it still was a moneymaker. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the, the, big, the big thing here, so, Kimi and his team worked on it on, as Team Little Devils. After Kamiya left and founded Platinum, the first game Platinum put out was Bayonetta, which they put out as Team Little Angels. Got it. <laughs> and nice. there's a lot... Basically, Bayonetta was Hideki Kamiya putting into a game all the stuff he had wanted to put into Devil May Cry, but had been sort of like... Um, held back from doing. Hmm. Interesting. And that, and that's a series I've never played, and I would love to play and revisit. But. This is why it's unfortunate that Allie isn't on the cast, because I can think of hardly anyone who is as big a Bayonetta fan as she is. <laughs> like, she adores that series. So, after Devil May Cry... And after Hideki yes. Kamiya left, yes, they Capcom decided, okay, you know what? We're going to put out a sequel to, to Devil May Cry. And that's interesting to me that, like, oh, this this game was, you know, like, there's an auteur like Kamiya who did the first one, but wasn't actually the bigger success Devil May Cry 2, which Kamiya wasn't involved with? So, oh, hold on. Where's, let me see. Where's the sales numbers? Uh, da, 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 da. Pretty sure 2 was the bigger game. Let's see here. So, in roughly the same amount of time, uh, Devil May Cry 2 sold about 1.4 million copies. Right. In roughly the same time frame. So, it did sell more than DMC 1 by a small margin. uh, But overall has sold less copies than DMC 1. Right. Interesting. DMC 2 also made uh, several lists of most disappointing game of the year it came out. Interesting. And here's why. So, so they had the Devil May Cry license. They wanted to make a sequel. and But they had lost Kamiya. So, right. they, so Capcom chose Hideaki Itsuno to take over the role of director. But here's, and here's, here's the big, the, the big issue. That happened with Devil May Cry 2. Devil May Cry 1 started a new genre. And... Right. Had, and nothing really had had a chance to sort of grow off of it yet. And there were a lot of people who were kind of like... You know, this is cool, but there's some weird stuff in it. This is a weird style of game. And so the big problem, the big reason why Devil May Cry 2 is such garbage is because they listened to public feedback from Devil May Cry 1. Mm. Mm. So, for example, one of the big problems with Devil May Cry 2 is that the guns are horrendously overpowered. Uh, the guns automatically juggle enemies and stun lock them. So you can, I think you can get through the entire game without ever swinging your sword. 
Nice. Just, no, not nice. Because all you have to do is use lock on and hold down the fire button. And basically nothing can hurt you. You get through the game with, you know, the worst possible ranking. But you don't have to try. On top of that, there are also a lot of enemies whom you can only fight, basically, with the gun. Which is weird. Considering that in character action games, typically your ranged weapons are used for either keeping an enemy busy or keeping your combo going while you're moving to another enemy. Right. So, two sold a lot, but a number of people were unhappy with its mechanics. Right, because, holy shit, it's a sequel to Devil May Cry! That game was nuts! Um, so, the thing, the, one of the things, Barra, about Devil May Cry is that they're notoriously difficult. Mm-hmm. The first one's really hard. I, a lot of people say the first one's the hardest. I, I m- might agree. I don't know. Three was pretty hard. But in retrospect, I, I don't know that I had gone back and played the first one to compare. I, mm. I think I think the first one is probably the hardest because the move set is so limited. Mm. Mm. So um, these games were Dark Souls before Dark Souls. Kind mm. of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other important thing is that Devil May Cry 2 was stuck in kind of development limbo for a long time. Um. And Hideaki Itsuno was brought in because the rest of the because Capcom was really dissatisfied with where the game was, and mm. he was brought in at the tail end with only like four or five months left to work on it. Mm-hmm. So it was apparently even worse before they got Itsuno in to try and fix it. So which is I, I guess mm-hmm. go on, uh, which is a shame um, because. DMC2 has actually a fairly good soundtrack and one of the best designs for Dante. Like, in terms of, like, his character design. His design, too, is actually, like, really cool. It's just a shame that the game is such garbage. And I can't believe that they're selling the Switch port for 20 bucks. Well, that's nuts. relive the magic. Some people like to play games that they used to play. Yeah. Or are completionists. I'm, I'm doing that right now. I'm playing Final Fantasy VIII right now on my Switch. <laughs> Isn't eight like, low-key, a lot of people love it? Like, yeah. Don't don't some people also assert it has, like, the best story of the Final Fantasies? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I'll, maybe. I'll, I know, I know I'm, there's just... Uh, Final Fantasies are also a game series I haven't really played. Um, but, yes, I've... I've heard good things about the stories of six, seven, eight, and tactics is actually really high up on the list. For it's like some people find tactics to be just like a masterpiece, um, and of course, there's what was the one that everyone played while we were at Hampshire Tris with like the with the with the with the bunny girl and That's Han 12, Solo. Twelve, yeah, twelve is mm-hmm. liked a lot. Yeah. I think twelve, twelve is Final Fantasy twelve is basically Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's also what I've heard, and it's... people like Star Wars. And you yeah. certainly weren't getting Star Wars in that dark time of prequels. Believe, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, you know, it's just a slight side thing. Well, it's not even side because you know I think it's interesting about Double Cry because um, uh, Kamina never has worked on the series past the first one. Correct. Correct. 
And what I think is interesting is, is that, like, believe me, you know, as a creator and an author and such, I believe in the ether and I'm really a big fan of, like, artists producing great work and getting the freedom to do it. But the more I just, like, consume and appreciate art, like, the more down I am on, like, auteur theory or – and I'm speaking about auteur theory in, like, you know, the layman sense. I haven't been to film school. I, you know, like, I – yeah, I'm sure I'm actually butching what actual auteur theory is. But in terms of the idea, like, you know, a film or a series is made possible, like, by one great man or woman's singular vision making things happen. And, I mean, Star Wars is a classic example of, like, collaboration is what made those mm-hmm. things good. When George Lucas had free reign, it was terrible. And I think J.K. Rowling also shows that, like, even with so, with something like a novel where, like, you know, the, first, the seven Harry Potter books are really good. I love them. But sometimes someone could just get bogged down in their stuff and after they're finished something, they'll go back to the well and it just isn't as good. I no. mean, and I'll say this, and I'm saying this as someone who enjoyed reading The Cursed Child. Yeah. I would watch the shit out of that if I could see a production of it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind actually seeing a movie version. Like, you know, this is all fine and good, but it's not the same kind of like tension and like, oh my goshness of when she was like putting it out. So, I don't know, I feel that they're that even though it is cool to see a creator doing their thing and creating awesome work, uh, I think we put oftentimes too much credit in the like, oh, this great person, if they only had the freedom to do what they want, it's like, if they only had the freedom to do what they want, maybe they would also create something that is awesome. Maybe it will fall flat. It's mm-hmm. it's less clear. And I think that took a little while because for, at least I was realized, because like, anyway, like, for instance, you kind of like, I'm still traumatized by not getting to get the end of act, getting actual Firefly. <laughs> Shit was great. Yeah. Well, the the other important <laughs> thing to draw from this, though, is that this means that uh, Dante and Bayonetta are basically brother and sister if Hideki Kamiya is their dad, which is why Dante should be in Smash. Mm. Because they All need right. to... Because fu- <laughs> they need yeah. to meet up. Anyways. Anyways. Okay. Um, so, tell us about three. I think we've talked right. about two... But what was three like? So and how after, did people like it? So after three, so 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 after two, Capcom was like, okay, we we fucked up. We see now what people really like about these games, and so we're gonna make a third one, and we're gonna go back in time, because three is technically the first people. game chronologically, and okay. we're gonna start with Itsuno out the gate. And it's hard. It went. It went back to being hard again, like to almost to like a fault. Okay, this is another hard game. Right. Yeah. And so Itsuno and his crew were given more f- sort of free range on it to kind of go back to the series staples. Right. And three also introduced Virgil as a playable character. Correct. Um, Which is one of the reasons why three is many people's favorite. Is. Mm-hmm. Um. So so in three you have two different campaigns which actually go sort of side by side. Um, like you could follow along Virgil's story and you could follow along Dante's story and how they kind of go through together. Mm-hmm. Um. That was, but what's really important is that that was part of the special edition of Devil May Cry three. The original version didn't have it. The original version was still only Dante. Ah, okay. 
I think I must I must have just picked up the special edition then. Yeah. Interesting. Cuz well cuz this later? was back Did it come later. Well cuz this was back before you could do DLC. Right. Oh. This is all on PlayStation 2. So the only way they could add that much into the game was to release a new version of the game. Cool. Uh it also added Bloody Palace with almost with like one less than 10,000 levels. Uh, an extra boss fight you could do, and a turbo mode, uh, which I think increases the game speed by, like, 25% or something like that. So the whole game gets faster. That's ungodly. Yeah. Uh, DMC3 also has probably the tightest controls out of every game in the series. Yeah, it was... I also think it kind of opened up the series a bit. I think the first one was really... So for me, the first one is a really solid action game, mm. and at the time it was just groundbreaking, revolutionary. But the third one really took it and opened up a bit. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tristan three was the one that really had like quick select options and ways yep. that you could extend combos with different weaponry on the go and really oh, yeah. experiment with different things. There were a lot of like little stylish things, little flourishes, like you could ride enemies on the ground like a skateboard and stuff like that, <laughs> like so, a few fun stuff like that. So three added in. So three added in uh, weapon switching, whereas before you had to like go into a menu and change which weapon you had equipped. Um, it added the four styles. So it added uh, trickster, gunslinger, swordmaster, and royal guard. So you could switch between how you wanted to play the game and what yep. style you wanted to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Cancel out of basically everything in that game. Like, basically anything you're doing is cancelable at any point. It's crazy. Um, there's... A, when you are fighting the final boss alongside Virgil, you can actually have a second player play as Virgil during that fight rather than leaving him controlled by AI. Cool. Um, it, it, this was also the game that went way more in detail into sort of the brother's backstory. Um, I think this is also the first one that had triple S up to triple oh, cool. S style rank. I don't think, I don't think, did two have it? No, two only went up to S. Um, so this was also the game that first had up to triple S performance. And what what is a trip? What is a style rank? So th- so the character action genre is typified by giving you a ranking based on how okay. well you are doing. Okay. But not Certain? just but not not just like um doing well and not getting hurt, but also like not getting stale. So like doing different moves all the time and right. finding ways to combo things. Not getting hurt certainly, but yeah. So like, getting hurt drops your rating down. Um, using the same move over and over again doesn't raise up your style as much. And you gotta um, keep it going too, because usually it has like a progress bar. And if you stop attacking or do something, it starts to go down, it starts to diminish. Interesting. Right. It's, it, I'm trying to think of an analog somewhere else. It's almost like a fighting game. It's like a fighting game combo meter. Does it give uh, you in-game benefits, or is it mostly yes. bragging rights? Yes, it does. The more 
ranks, the more higher ranks you get, translate into better rewards at the end of each mission. Oh, cool. Um, and more money, if that, unless that's what you're talking about. Yeah, basically. Well, more red orbs. The currency that you use to purchase new skills and stuff like that, you get more of it the more stylish you are. Right. Cool. The games now the games are also designed for you to go through and do multiple playthroughs. Mm-hmm. Like they're built around that. That you start at one difficulty, you complete that, you unlock the next difficulty. Right. So so the games are designed to encourage you to get awesome. It is the classic get good game. Right. But here's the difference yeah. between, yeah. say, Devil May Cry and, say, Sekiro. Mm. Sekiro demands perfection. Like, if you want to beat that game, you have to get perfect with your parrying. Devil May Cry encourages perfection and getting better. Like, you're going through, you may have a tough fight, and the game's like, oh man, that was pretty crazy. But you can do better, bro. Or, hey, <laughs> you just finished the game. Congrats. You've got, probably gotten pretty good at it if you've gotten this far. Do it again, but harder. Yeah. Because you okay. want to get because you want to get don't good at these talk games. Like that, to be clear, Vera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the it was the early two thousands. I don't know if they actually talked like that or not. <laughs> well, so so that so actually, uh, so Dante as a character, Camilla uh, wanted to set out and create a character. So here, here here's the interesting thing is if you think about it, Dante is kind of weirdly family friendly and that's on purpose Camilla set out to make a character who was effortlessly cool without cursing drinking or smoking or fucking interesting (laughs) Um, cue Devil May Cry 5 where there's cigarettes literally everywhere (laughs) and the game opens with this game does not promote the use of cigarettes in the opening <laughs> yeah. animation. Um, but is Dante smoking cigarettes in five? No. no. Nope. <laughs> nope, because Dante's a good boy. Um, and so that's kind of where... Does does he have his thing about ice cream he, in the uh, games, too? He, va- he vapes, so... Wait, no, he doesn't. Um, so, so Dante's two favorite foods are strawberry sundaes, as, as revealed by the anime... Uh, and pizza. Woohoo, pizza party time. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a ninja turtle. Kind of? A ninja turtle with an emo haircut. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and um, the other big thing with three, I finally remembered where I was going with that. Um, and Suno set out with a very particular goal for three. And that was that he wanted to make sure that anything you saw Dante do in a cutscene... Mm-hmm. Was something you could do in game, right? Oh, cool. So things like surfing enemies, yeah, you can do that. It's hard to pull off and not super useful, but you can do it. Uh, riding around on one of Lady's rockets, yeah, you can do that if you time it right. Anything nice. you see Dante do in cutscene. You can do in game. Cool. 
So what about four? Tell me about four. So yeah, four, four is yeah, four is one the one I'm probably the least familiar with. I never played it. I'm, I'm assuming it's the introduction of Nero because they introduce him in the fifth game, like as if he's a known staple. Yes. So, so Devil May Cry four is again Hideaki Itsuno. Like after three, because and everyone loved three, and three's amazing. Um, they're like, okay, okay, Itsuno's going to be our guy for this series. Right, he's he he became the go-to creator. Right after he did what he could to salvage two. Um, so what what is what's uh what what's four have in terms of like studio stuff reaction things different than three? Is it mostly just a retread of three? No, uh, so four takes place after two in the anime. Um, so it's been a few. So two takes place a few years, I think, after two. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll, I'll look that up while we're talking. Um, but the big thing with four is that four introduces Nero as a new playable character. Interesting. Because um, is it's, Nero you know, the Roman? Is Nero the Roman emperor or no? Is it different? He is, he is not the Roman emperor, nor is he the weird, uh, like, femaleified waifu version from the Fate series. Okay, and nice. Is he kind of like Viva Caligula? Or no, nah. Um, honestly, so so Nero is okay. So with three, Itsuno really wanted to have two playable characters from the start, which is what we got in the special edition. Right. Four gives us two playable characters from the beginning. Right. And they added even more in. They all. Um, so you got two playable characters from the beginning, and there's even more in four. Right. And it's a continuation of the storyline from two and one, as and opposed three. to of and well, no, but three was the a first prequel. game chronologically. It's prequel, so it's right. not a prequel. It's an actual sequel to two and one. Yeah, uh, so Nero is Virgil's son. Well, we so should Dante get into, is we his should, uncle. Right, but we should get into that once we do plot stuff. Right. Um, uh, the, so the big thing with. With Nero, and the big reason they wanted to introduce another playable character was they wanted to have, they want to branch out and have different play styles. Mm-hmm. So Nero's play style is a little simpler than Dante's. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't right. have multiple weapons and multiple styles that he switches between. Right. But he has other mechanics, like he has um, the Axine mechanic, which lets him. Like power up moves if you time the trigger pull properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, his gun is a revolver, so instead of like just constantly unloading, you've got fewer but more powerful shots, which can help stagger enemies. Nice. And his big thing is his Devil Bringer ability, uh, which is basically a grab. It's a grappling hook kind of thing. Oh, yeah. nice. But you can not only use it to grab things and like launch yourself towards them, you can also use it to grab enemies and slam them, or you can hold them up as shields, or um, you can also use it to get special attacks on bosses if you nice. stun them right and use the time have the right timing. That's awesome. Dante also makes a reappearance. Cool. But the big thing was kind of... The, the big thing with 4 was really adding in Nero 
sort of expanding the different play styles. In the special edition, they add in uh, Lady and Trish and Virgil all as playable characters. Cool. So, yeah, so the, the big thing is just having lots of characters and lots of different nice. play styles you can choose from. Nice. Um, Nero, they also wanted to have Nero be a different kind of cool. So Dante is like the family-friendly, like effortlessly cool guy. Right. Nero's the punk. <laughs> you know, who hates he's the uncle, one who's right? listening to his headphones while sitting in church. He's the one who's, who curses. He's the one with an actual girlfriend. <laughs> um, nice. And, he, and he's, you know, sort of the youngest out of all of them. So Nero nice. is, so Dante is like the surfer dude. Nero yeah. is the skate punk. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's four. How long was it between four and five? Because I get the impression that it was a while, or rather, they then had it was ten the DMC years. Game. Wait, really? That long? Mm-hmm. DMC four came out in two thousand nine. DMC four came out in two thousand. Obama was president. The world wasn't on fire. So DMC4 oh, shit, came out in 2008. Oh, wow. Wow. It came out in the Bush administration? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so What? Keep in mind, though, they did have the DMC reboot between the two games. Right. And True. because DMC was really disliked by the fandom, that really kind of, kind of cooled everything on it. Um, yeah. I almost wonder if anything could have appeased the fandom that wasn't just more Devil May Cry, though. Probably, it just feels like a series. That, probably not. Um, you know, but there's a there's a story. Uh, so DMC was done by a Western studio. It was done by Ninja Theory. Yeah, Ninja Theory is a great studio. Mm. Well, and Capcom came to to Ninja Theory and was like, "Here's a list of things Dante is not." Mm. You know, Dante is not this. Dante is not that. Dante is not. Dante is not a gay cowboy. That was an actual thing that on the, the list. That was the, that was the entire slide deck. It's just one slide. No, two <laughs> slides. Dante is not a gay cowboy, and then Q and A. Any questions? Um, well, thank you for the presentation. Well, so so the reason I bring up the gay cowboy thing is because uh, uh, have have you seen what ha- the cutscene where he gets the um. Where he gets the hat in DMC five? No. Dan, did you what, get there? It... Uh, I don't think so. No, maybe I did. Oh wait, yes I did. Yes I did. Yes I did. Yeah. Dante is not a gay cowboy. Devil May Cry five. I get a cowboy <laughs> hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that. So the. Capcom really wanted to make something really different, like thematically from Devil May Cry. Right. And the problem is that people really, the fandom really like the characters of Devil May Cry. Right. Like the the game is the games are are tough. They are fun. They are engrossing. The storylines are super campy and ludicrous, but it's really the characters that people latch onto. Right. And Ninja Theory did the characters kind of dirty. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that they just made a game with different characters, though. Yeah. Like, like had DMC not been Devil May Cry, had it been its own thing, I think it probably would have done a lot better. Mm-hmm. But because they tried to 
cram in DMC into that and use that name recognition. It's just. Mm. Well, yeah. in ter- uh, I am, how, how was it in terms of actual sales, though? DMC? Yeah. I feel as though it would have done pretty well. Uh, it's been a while since on. one existed. It was kind of a reboot for the franchise. Like, I remember at least Sterling was actually fairly big on it. Uh, you... That's your sales. Uh, Capcom initially... Let's hear Here we go. Uh, Capcom initially hoped to ship 2 million copies by the end of its financial year. Later revised its predictions to 1.2 copies ship. Million, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, As of June 2018, 2.4 million copies of the original version had been sold worldwide. Oh, so it sold 2.4 million copies? Yeah. Well, that's that's a pretty successful game. Well, here's the thing. Is that, but comparatively though, not as much, because right. you have to remember is that, yes, like DMC one sold one point four, but there were also way fewer people playing video games. Right, right. But I mean, I also feel that like you know, that like you know, it's like video game targets and stuff also have gotten a little crazy. But that's another thing. But I just want to say like I wouldn't call a game that sells two point four million copies a failure. Um, and I think any oh, game no. that is just, get, that does call that is like just because we have bloated was, expectations from. It was a financial success, but it was definitely a failure with the fans. And um, it was a critical success too, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think critically, I the yes. Critics also like. the, so the critics really liked it, but but user scores were significantly lower. Well, I I, I will never trust a user yeah, score. Yeah, same here. User yeah. scores are just like kind of kind of the actual worst because they're just like you, they can be manipulated by folks who are very organized and oftentimes just are haters. Like it's the haters ball from Chappelle's show on the internet. Yeah, try de- determining something. Yeah. Anyways, because it's not part of the mainline series, we will not be talking about DMC today. But we did. Ha ha. Now when we come to the, now when we get to the storyline stuff. What about Devil May Cry 5, We didn't talk about that one. Yes, talk about 5, because I wanted to hear about all this story stuff that everybody is very enraptured with. So, Also, I want to hear about filling her dark, filling your dark soul with light. Oh, God. <laughs> that line is so that bad. From, <laughs> that's from 2, right? That's from 1. That's from 1. That's yeah. from 1? Yeah. I would yeah. be the one who could fill your dark soul with light. Yeah, that's yep. 1. Oh, man. That's from 1. I've just seen that meme. It's lame. And that's the thing that I've oh, been most so interested about the whole game about. <laughs> I want to hear all the context about that after 5. So let's just get through 5 so we can tell me about the filling of the dark soul and lighting. So after 10 years, so 10 years after 4, um... Like, uh, what, 10 years in, like, three months, I think? Um, D- DMC5 came out. Right. It, use, it uses Capcom's new game engine, the RE engine, okay. which looks okay. look gorgeous. It's Hideaki Itsuno riding the helm, um, and they've had a lot of time to really focus in on it. And so DMC5 was announced to crazy fanfare. Because the fans had been, like, slavering for a return to, you know, traditional Dante and stuff for ten years. Mm. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, it is current. It is currently the highest rated, like, um, uh, critically rated game in the series. It is the best selling game in the series, having sold over two million copies in two weeks. Fudge. Yeah. Um. That's some serious money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Um. You know, it's as if you know people actually want games where there are actual games, something that are actual games, and yeah. uh, are not just like always online service shilling bullshit. Please tell me it's not full of on- always online shilling bullshit. It is not. Um, yes. 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 It, now it does have in-game purchases. I accept these at this point. Only here's the thing though is that they are all of them completely useless. Mm-hmm. Because there is a cap on like how much you can like how much you can power yourself up and you get that far in the game. Right. So there's really no point spending money for anything. Um, right. there is one in-game purchase that is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. And that is the ability to upgrade to the deluxe edition if you didn't originally buy the deluxe edition. The what deluxe edition is totally worth it. Um, what do you get from it? So the deluxe edition gives you a whole bunch of different uh, devil arms, new devil arms for Nero, including the Mega mm. Buster, which changes how he jumps. He jumps like Mega Man while he has it equipped, which is cute. Oh, wow. Um, alternate costumes. Music tracks from Devil May Cry's 1, 2, 3, and 4 that you can choose to swap in for your in-game battle music. And my favorite thing in the Deluxe Edition, uh, you can see the live-action pre-visualization recordings of the in-game cutscenes. Cool. You know what's disappointing about that is that we're in a place in a world now where that's an exciting proposition. And people right. are like excited to spend money on a deluxe edition, like where fifteen years ago, like that was just expected. Like when I bought a game, I got those behind the scenes features and I got the different music tracks and I got the whatever. You know, Super Smash Brothers is a great example of a recent game. It has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of music tracks just out of the gate. Right? I can't believe they included an entire game with that music collection. I mean, the fact of the <laughs> matter is... is <laughs> so it's it's annoying that that we should be excited about something like that. But on the flip side, like, this game doesn't sound like it has loot boxes, so... Oh, God, no. no. Correct? So, oh, like... God, and, no. uh, but so, it does have premium purchases and, like, auto-level or level-boosting stuff in it. Right. It's, it, it's just weird that it's on that curve where, like, now it seems refreshing where it's like, oh... You could just like buy stuff as opposed to having to like put someone into an, an addictive, terrible gambling yeah, yeah, mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which, by the way, Jim Sterling's like like videos about like how in-app purchasing is very much like feeds on gambling addiction is really, really worth it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a fucked up thing to do to people. Oh, it's super fucked especially up. since like you know people often you know like I'm someone who likes gambling, but like I feel like you know you should go that gambling should be in places where like if I go to a casino. Or, heck, if I go to... Uh, I, people don't talk about magic tournaments like gambling and they have to do things a little differently, but there are still elements of that. If I go into a place where I'm going to, like, you know, put in some money and then potentially win more money, 
I expect that. But, you know, for my story-driven video games or for my, like, social playing online, I don't expect a gambling mechanic. And I feel like to ambush people with that is effed up. And to make that a part of, like, the experience to enjoy what should be, like, a fun shooter system, uh, like, you know, like your Overwatch or ever or you know just like really so many games at this point it's messed up it's really truly messed up so i definitely get what you're saying I'm like yeah i can't believe we're happy about something that's just a straight up pay for leveling but like it's refreshing compared to something else which <laughs> is like kind of like the horrible state of the industry yeah, yeah. um but on the other hand blessed be nintendo for just actually releasing games because you yeah. know I don't want to jump off of too much of a tangent, so I apologize, Tristan, if you'll just indulge yeah. me like this 10-second <laughs> sound blip here before I get back to the Devil May Cast. But mm -hmm. like, I think that's the primary reason, honestly. It's not the portability of the Switch. It's not the, you know, whatever. It, certainly not the power um, of the Switch. I think it's just that like a lot of the first-party Nintendo games and a lot of the games that they endorse really apply that model of you buy the game, you build the, the game, game, you have the game, and you play the game, and that's it. Yeah. And yeah. I can't think of a game that I've played. It's in almost like it's had any it's, sort of microtransactions or purchases. It's almost or like the Switch's architecture and system are ill-designed to uh, in-app purchases or regular payments, which is why EA and Activision basically don't have any games on the system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's also to be fair in that, like, I do think that I, people have talked about this too. But and then we'll get back to this. This is like it's. Nintendo in many ways operates like a toy maker, and I think Which they've they still been for over a hundred years, right? And yeah. they also still have this feeling, I think, of wanting to be a create systems that are good for families. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, exposing kids to gambling mechanics, cough, <laughs> Fortnite, cough, is terrible. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yay Nintendo. <laughs> now back to PlayStation's premium <laughs> property. <laughs> Right. Now back to the premium purchases in Double May Cry 5. Right. Yes, which is improvement over so, everything else. All right, so so the big thing with Double May Cry 5 was they had the new engine they wanted to work in. They also wanted to use this opportunity to really kind of wrap up uh, Dante and Virgil's story. Right. So if you think of 1, 2, and 3 as Dante's story, mm -hmm. 4 and 5 are very much kind of Nero's story. And, hope, and probably okay. 6 will be 2. Okay. Um, they also introduced a new a new character, V, who plays very mm. differently from everybody else. Um, Interesting. That he, he has sort of attack demons that he uses rather than fighting okay. himself. Right. He walks around with a book the whole time and the demons fight for you. Right. Um, nice. How um, Who is your favorite of the three characters to play in the newest game, Tristan? Probably Nero. Um, mm. So, so this game has probably the most depth to the game mechanics mm -hmm. or complexity to the game mechanics of any Devil May Cry game. Right. Like I, I am, like when I play as Dante, I am paralyzed by the sheer number of options at my disposal. Yeah. I'm, Jesus. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Tristan, because that that was my complaint. I think. I, I and don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed what I've played at Double May Cry 5, Cry 5 so far. But my biggest complaint is that there's just too much going on. One of, one of the one of the nice things about Double May Cry 1 is the simplicity of mm -hmm. the options you have. But it's, it's still deep enough mm -hmm. within those options. Oh, yeah. it, 
well, luckily with DMC5, you can make it simpler for yourself. Uh, like, if there's weapons or guns and stuff that you just don't like or don't want to use, you can actually take them out of your quick select. Entirely. Um, Interesting. So you can choose... So if you're playing... So when you're playing as Dante, you can choose to have every weapon and every gun at your disposal. You can pick even change which order you switch between them so that you can work out okay this is my crazy awesome super killer combo and it goes from this weapon to this weapon to this weapon so i'm going to set those three weapons as the three weapons i use in that particular order so that i don't have to hit weapon swap more than once to change between them so that i can get the timing down perfectly for my crazy ludicrous combo interesting um uh Nero has uh the addition of devil arms gives Nero a bunch of different abilities that he can switch between. Mm-hmm. Uh and each one is kind of like a style for Dante mm-hmm. light version. So it sounds like we've gone through a lot of the mechanics and stuff of like each of the games and also talked about how much we like a Nintendo. So why don't you tell me this story, guys? Because I, I am curious about why people like this like this series so much. Because you said it's this, it sounds like there's a lot of cool mechanics and it sounds like one was revolutionary in terms of like the genres that it worked in. But it sounds like the reason why people keep coming back to it and why people demanded that the game not go off on a riff uh, even though Ninja Theory created a critically acclaimed game that sold a lot of stuff is because they like these characters, they like this story, they want to go off on a beach with them. So yep. tell me about this beach. Okay. So It's a very black beach. It's a very black... It's a black sands? Yeah. It's a black sand right. beach. Are there pirates on this black sand no. beach? It's not, not, it's not Hawaiian. Alright, no. so... The storyline of the Devil May Cry series. Now, okay. this first bit... So a fair bit of the prehistory of the games is intentionally yes. left vague. Okay. So this part here is my understanding of the timeline of Devil May Cry and the prehistory of Devil May Cry. It contains a fair bit of fan canon to fill in gaps. Okay. Well, just tell us when you're fan canoning. Okay. So you've got the human world and you got the demonic realm. Okay, cool. Demons are not like fallen angels. They're not like humans who have been corrupted. They are a, their own kind of species. Right. Very and, Japanese. Right. Um, 2,000 years ago. Right. The demon king Mundus, who is basically in charge of hell, is kind of like, you know, I rule hell. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty tough. But you know what? I could be tougher. Let me get on that. Mm-hmm. So he plants a seed of, of the hell tree called the Clyphod. And the Clyphod grows in hell in its roots. And then it grows up and bursts through into the human world. Okay. It then 
It then drains humans of their blood and super concentrates it down into just this apple of basically pure power. The red orbs. Think so red orbs are a concentration of demon blood. Um, the Clyphod is designed to do basically the same thing with human blood, but okay. super purified. Okay. And so whoever eats that apple becomes supercharged. Okay. One of the running themes is the idea that humans have an innate something to them. Call it a mm. call it a soul, call it a spark, call spunk. it they got spunk. spunk. There, there's something about humans innate to humanity that makes us kind of better. Right. The idea is that the Clyphod just murders a ton of humans and takes what it can from each one of that special something and concentrates it down to something you can eat and become super Mm. awesome. So the Clyphod bursts through, starts eating humans, and of course the humans are like, well, this is some bullshit. And start fighting yes. back. So Moonus yes. deploys his demonic generals. Oh no. To sort of fight and cull humanity so that the Clyphod can grow through. Okay. The greatest of his generals is the Dark Knight Sparta. S P A R D A, not T A. Sparta. 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 Uh, this who is, is a, Sparta. Who is Sparta. this like giant awesome like bug man? He he kind of looks kind of The original cockroach. name was Captain Bugman, but they thought Sparta So basically cooler. this demon king sends the Giver to finish the job. So what happens to the Giver? So so the demons are doing their thing. They're fighting humanity, letting the Clyphod grow and, and go through. And while he's fighting with humanity, Sparta's kind of like, "Hey, you know, these humans are actually some of them are actually kind of cool." You know? Like yeah, they're like way below me, but they're trying. And they have this really cool thing called justice. <laughs> um, the original game describes it describes the process that Sparta woke up to the idea of justice. That which is an extremely Japanese sentence, right there. Right. Well, it's it's a thought that, that justice as a concept didn't exist until he sort of like, oh, this thing's kind of cool. You know, well, he's, he's, so he's fighting all these humans who are, you know, some are fighting super honorably, some are fighting dishonorably, and, and you know they're they're sacrificing themselves for their loved ones, and he's kind of like, huh, you know, that's actually kind of neat. Yeah. So the Clyphod does its thing; it grows the apple. Mundus, Mundus takes the apple, eats the apple, becomes super powerful, and gets all his uh, demonic generals together, and it's like, okay, so I've eaten the apple; I'm now super powerful. Life is good. And now we're going to take over the human realm. Mm. And Sparta kind of like raises up a finger like, um, can we not? I've kind of met some of these humans. They're actually, some of them are actually kind of cool. And that's when every, that's when Mundus and every one of the demon generals kind of looks at Sparta and realizes he's, he's wearing an I Heart Humans t-shirt. Wait, really? Or did you fan canon that? This is, this is totally fanon. Um, Damn it! This is still, this part is I was hoping a, that was really Japanese, and that this is all yeah. serious and dark and brooding. And then this, and then the Giver is wearing an I Heart Human T-shirt. Well, and they're like, "Yo, Sparta, that's really not cool, man. We have like, 
we're so much better than they are. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I kind of have some reservations about doing this. And then Moonus is like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. And Sparta's like, well, but I don't want you to do it. So Sparta turns against the rest of the demons and fucking mops the floor with them. Um, like, he single-handedly... Just, just as a side note, uh, can we just have... Dan, can you maybe animate some of this with, like, a picture of, like, the live-action Guyver with an I Heart Humans t-shirt on it? Like, that'll be... a dialogue? That'll be the thumbnail. <laughs> that'll be the thumbnail. Yes! Oh, yes! Um... <laughs> I regret nothing. So there's the Giver mops the floor with everyone. Right. Go so, on. So one of the thoughts is that justice is part of what makes humans special. Okay. And that by awakening to justice, Sparta has become more powerful than traditional okay. demons. Okay. Um. So he he mops the floor with them. He fights Mundus to a standstill but realizes that he can't keep fighting Mundus forever. Okay. So, basically, so Sparta uses his demonic abilities and seals off the demon realm. Locking okay. Mundus and the rest of the demons away, but he is stuck on our side of things. So he's basically this one demon general stuck on Earth. Right. It's, it's, it's basically Dances with the Wolves, basically. Okay. So, so we are the Native Americans in this. Kevin basically. Costner is Giver with an I Heart Human t-shirt. So Kevin Costner Giver dances with us, and what does he do? So, so he's like, well, now what? So he kind of, so this is where he spends the next like one thousand nine hundred seventy years or so, just kind of like putzing about, occasionally meeting people, saving them. Um, okay. So at some okay. point in this, people start hearing about Sparta and sort of the like of all of his like achievements and stuff. And a group of humans actually starts to worship him as a savior, which is important huh. for when we get to four. Interesting. But basically, like just shy of like 2000 years, um, Nothing really important happens. You know, humanity goes through their usual, like, their usual progression. Sparta's just kind of hanging out, you know, maybe sitting in a cave, maybe reading a bunch. Until he, until we enter Ava. Ava? Yes. Is so, it? Da, 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 uh, AVA. <laughs> okay. AVA. Um, AVA. So, we're not really sure, sure, we don't really know a lot about Ava, um, and sort of, like, who she was. Uh, the usual, or, or the sort of accepted fan theory is that she was probably some sort of witch who uh, who said, you know, I could become more awesome. Sure. Why don't I try summoning a demon? Oh, no. So, so this is all fan. Basically, Ava tries to summon a demon, 
Sparta's the only one around. Because he's the only one on this side of things. And okay. so here's... Wait, some human is trying to summon a demon? I should probably go and give them a stern talking to. That it's a really terrible idea. Shows okay. up. And goes, I have the Dark Lord Sparta. You really shouldn't be summoning demons. A lot of them are really mean. Meanwhile, Ava looks at this, you know, super awesome, like, bug guy and goes, holy shit, I never knew this was my fetish. Oh, no. Yeah, I say, you know where this is going. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh, they start dating. No. Um, <laughs> no. Gosh damn it, Japan. <laughs> well, okay, so... None of this is really talked about in the games, though, right? This is all, like, lore either on the sidelines or through fans, right? I mean, they, they, they have, like, small bits and pieces of the story told, like, on the, at a very high level, but... Right. Well, and, and a lot of this gets revealed in 5. Mm. Like, in okay. 5, there is a family portrait. So, let me guess. Of, Guy there's a family portrait in 5 of Ava, Sparta, Nero, uh, Virgil, and Dante. And in that... So- and in that so, part is a human. So I, so I heart human Giver starts dating non-lesbian Willow, and they have kids, which let me guess are Dante and Virgil. Oh yeah. Um, gotcha. Now, now gotcha. Now All right. Now here's sort of the. Here's here's some more like fan and stuff that's semi supported. So during those two thousand years, uh, Sparta finds two demon weapons rebellion okay. and the yamato the so re- the rebellion has the ability to fuse things together and the yamato has the ability to split things okay so for example the so, yamato you can cut through space and teleport because it splits things the yamato is also the result of a wave motion engine <laughs> Uh, Star Blazers. <laughs> anyhow. <Sorry>. So. <laughs> and in five, Virgil uses it to split himself into his human and demon parts. Oh, so what the fan theory is that in order to be with Ava, Sparta uses the Yamato on himself. Oh. Splitting him into a demonic portion, which becomes the devil sword Sparta. As one thing demons seem to be able to do is sort of cast off a portion of themselves to become mm-hmm. a weapon. Okay. So the Yamato and the Rebellion may have been demons at some point that cast off a part of themselves to make a weapon. So the cool. current fan theory is Sparta uses the Yamato on himself to split him off into human Sparta and a chunk of demonic power, which he collapses and coalesces down into the devil, into the devil blade Sparta. Which is a big old sword. Which is a big it's old the big sword. sword that da- it's the big sword that Dante uses, right? Big, so big sword. We'll get to that yeah. and the different swords Dante uses. Are we finally at the part of three, the first game yet? No, we're getting there though. <laughs> we're getting there really quick. We're getting there really quick. <laughs> Okay, so, okay. so the theory is that so so Sparta does all this, he becomes human, and right. because he's now human, he can have kids with Ava. Right. So now Guyver without his suit gets with um, a non-lesbian Willow and they have kids. Two kids. 
twins. Two kids. Who inherit twins. his who inherit his sort of demonic bloodline and are also human. And cool. So they have not only that demonic umph behind them, but they've got that special human something that makes them better. Justice. So these half demons are significantly more powerful than a traditional demon. So like Dragon Ball Z rules. Basically. Um, Potentially the act of summoning Sparta causes the barrier between the demon world and the human world to weaken. Right. And Mundus is able to sort of push some of his um, some of his minions through. So while Virgil and Dante are kids living in the town of Redgrave, which is where five takes place, the Sparta household is assaulted by demonic forces. Sparta disappears. Ava is killed. Virgil is missing during the attack because he was out in town. And Dante survives by hiding after his mom basically yeets him out of the way and tells him to run and change his name. Oh, shit. So, so Ava and Sparta, dead. Virgil, missing. Dante, living under the name Tony Redgrave. Which actually makes an appearance in a whole bunch of other Capcom games. Hmm. So anytime you're playing a Capcom game and something's like written by Tony Redgrave or I heard from Tony or what have you, they're actually referencing Dante. All right. So basically three starts with everyone dying and Dante becoming Tony Redgrave. Right. Dante. Cool. Now, Sparta left the Yamato mm-hmm. and the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Virgil gets his hands on the Yamato. Dante gets his hands on Rebellion. Okay. Dante goes into business as sort of a quote-unquote handyman, taking care of the few demons who show up here and there as he grows up. And this is where... This is where DMC3 starts. How did the demons break in in the first place? I thought um, Sparta sealed everything away. I thought the Giver fixed this problem. So the fan theory is that by summoning Sparta, Ava weakened the barrier. Dang it, Willow. This is why we can't have nice things. The barrier is still somewhat intact at the start of three. So it takes a lot of effort to sort of push something through. Like, Mundus still can't come through. Cool. Um... So, so he's a handyman in three. Yeah. He's just got a shop. He hasn't opened his store yet. His mm-hmm. demon hunting shop. Yes. Um, and this man named Arkham arrives with an invitation from his brother, who he hasn't seen in about, I think it's probably about 15 years right. by this point. Right. So... But this guy Arkham shows up not only with the invitation, but with a crap ton of demons who immediately attack Virgil. Uh, immediately attack Dante. Oh dear. Dante fights them off. 
after surfing around and it it's you know a super cool awesome cutscene comes out you have your first right. fight um as he's fighting off the demons though this huge fuck all tower bursts out from the ground like destroys the city basically and Virgil's on the top of the tower oh shit So, DMC3, you are making your way to the tower, climbing the tower. While he's climbing the tower, Dante meets this weird being called Jester, who kind of, like, fucks with him a little bit, but also sort of, like, points him in the right direction. Hmm. He gets to the top. He gets to the top, meets Virgil. They fucking fight. Like, Why super badasses. Virgil and Dante. Why are they fighting? Because Virgil's like, nah, I need all the power I can get. I need so much more power. Holy shit, I need power. Okay. You have, you've got an amulet that is half of one that our mom had. That has a chunk of Sparta still in it. I need that chunk of Sparta so that I can open up the portal to the demon world and get more power. Cool. Virgil never has enough power. He's always got to get more. This is a recurring theme. <laughs> um, and we'll come back to that. Uh, during, during the fight, Virgil... Kicks Dante's ass. Because Virgil has spent more time sort of using some of his demon powers. In the process, Virgil stabs Dante with the Rebellion. Nice. And also, for the record, while I think Yamato, I think Starblazers and Space Battleship Yamato, for uh, our animated portion of this, I think of the classic Gravedigger album and song, Rebellion. So he stabs him with this classic power metal album. Basically. Um, and what happens? Well, cause, so, so being stabbed with the rebellion is what sort of wakes up Dante's more demonic abilities and gives him the devil trigger. Interesting. Before this point, Dante does not have devil trigger. Which is basically but. sort of them turning on their demon part. And becoming sort of demonic versions of themselves for a short period. Cool. Which is a mechanic that's in all the games, as far as I know, where you can basically supercharge yourself. And get, I think it gives you more combo and makes you more powerful. And you get, you like fly and stuff like uh, that. You get faster. You get access to more abilities. Um, it damages enemies nearby you. Uh, you get health regeneration. It, it, it's, it's like Super Saiyan mode. It's Super Saiyan mode. Yeah. So, um, at the end of the game, he stabs Virgil and gets to the Super Saiyan mode. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. No, Virgil stabs Dante. Yeah. Oh, Virgil it's stabs middle, Dante. Yeah. at the, But this is at the end of the three. This is a third of the way through three. No, this is only, yeah. Oh, shit. So, he stabs him. He gets that. And then he what He gets happens? the amulet and starts going about the process of starting up and opening a portal to the demonic realm. No, Dante he, goes. He's trying to. Dante goes back down through the tower, get yeah. keeps getting stronger, gets new weapons, uh, meets a demon hunter, uh, who he never actually learns her name. He just calls her Lady. 
Okay. Um, like, lady. listen, lady. Oh, and she never bothers to tell him his name. Um, oh, dear. This is pre-Me Too, so. This yeah. Is... Yeah. So. The oh, two of them start kind of oh, going God. up through. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So the two of them start going up through the tower. Uh, they get back up to where Virgil and Arkham are. Uh, Arkham. Arkham reveals that he was actually Jester the whole time and has been playing the brothers as fools. That Arkham has been using Virgil to try and open the portal so that he can become super powerful. Uh, that Lady is actually his daughter. Oh shit. And like basically he specifically like romanced and knocked up her mom because her mom was part of this like special bloodline and their actual blood has power. So he drains oh, Lady shit. of most of her blood. Uh, oh no! Beats up, beats up Dante and Virgil, and takes their amulet and starts opening it up. Dante and Virgil go, "All right, all right. We've both been played. We got set our differences and fuck this asshole." Oh dear. So they go after him. He's sort of transforming into this big demon thing. Um, and he's found... And the, the big thing that he's uncovered is the Force Edge, which is the sort of uh, dormant form of the Demon Sword Sparta. Hmm. Dante and Virgil team up, f- fight, and beat Arkham. Hooray's all around, except, oh, no, wait, Virgil still wants to open up the demon portal and become super powerful and take the Force Edge for himself. This makes sense. So, Virgil and Dante fight again. Hmm. This time, Dante is victorious. Excellent. Beats Virgil, and Virgil basically falls into the demonic realm. Dante takes, takes the Force Edge... Closes everything up, leaves, basically drags Lady out after patching her up. They become cool friends. And DMC3 ends with Dante finally opening up his goddamn shop. All right. So then DMC1. Then we get Devil May Cry 1. So Dante is chillaxing in his shop. Right. Uh, when all of a sudden this woman rides a mo- rides a motorcycle into his shop, basically throws it at him after impaling him. He shoots it and is like, I'm fine, I'm half demon. Like, this is a minor inconvenience. And, she, and she's like, yeah, cool. I had to make sure. You won't believe oh, how many dear. Tony Redgraves I've had to go through to find you. Oh jeez! Uh, and th- this woman is Trish, and she bears a startling resemblance to Dante's mom. All right. Now remember, so this Dante's is the very mom. first game. So when this game came out, we didn't know about Lady or anything else. So this is where the whole Dante has mommy issues comes from. Oh. Uh, let's just get straight to the spoilers. Uh, Trish is a demon, specifically oh, crafted by Mundus to resemble okay. his mom, 
to oh, lure him to a location called Mallet Island or Malay Island, M-A-L-L-E-T. Uh, okay. So that Mundus can use what remains of Sparta's umph and the Force Edge to fully break open the barrier between the demon world and the human world so that Mundus can come back. Okay. So, after being, after being hired by Trish, he goes to Mallet Island, which has this big, huge-ass castle on it, and... He goes through, he fights a whole bunch of demons, gets cool weapons, uh, and there's a recurring enemy called Nero Angelo, who keeps showing up and keeps fighting Dante, Dante and then leaving. Okay. Yeah, this is where things get confusing. Um, okay. As they're going through and fighting all these demons and all, um, Dante finally manages to defeat... Uh, Nello Angelo. And he's about to deliver and the final blow. He's Sparta's about to deliver the final blow. Um, and. What does he discover, Barra? Yeah. What does he discover? He, he discovers that uh, Dante has this amulet. And. And Nello Angelo also has half the amulet. Oh, And he takes off his helmet. So Nello Angelo is actually Virgil this whole oh. time. After it's he has fallen into the demonic realm and basically been turned into a puppet by Mundus. Oh no. So Nello Angelo such Virgil at this point is a like shadow of his former self. Okay. Like barely even has like a personality. Mm-hmm. Eventually, eventually Dante gets to, gets to where Mundus is. Uh, Trish betrays him, reveals that she is working for Mundus. Um, Mundus is like, cool, I have no use for you anymore, and tries to kill her. Dante intervenes, tries to save her, because she looks like his mom. Does, is that when he delivers the line? Basically. Um, yes. But now that's weird because he's saying that about someone who looks like his mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is the this is the origin of uh, Dante has mommy issues. Oh boy. Um. Dante, Dante takes the Force Edge, uses uh, uses the amulet to fully wake up the Force Edge into the full version of the Devil Sword Sparta, which superpowers Dante. And using the Devil Sword Sparta, Dante fights and finally defeats Mundus. Cool. Huzzah! Dante goes back. Trish is hurt, but alive. Uh, he decides to leave the Devil Sword Dante, uh, Devil Sword Sparta with Trish because mom and dad should be together. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, also, theoretically, I suppose that the empowering effect of the Devil Sword Sparta can help heal Trish after her near death. Um, but they escape. They are now working as partners at the shop, hunting demons. Life is cool. Um, 
And that's where Devil May Cry, the animated series, picks up. Cool. So the anime is basically a few episodes detailing Dante, Trish, and Lady, like, taking on jobs, fighting demons, struggling to keep the lights on. Um, and really a lot of the really a lot of the later uh, other games are focused around that like five is like that too the the three of them are in there or at least ladies in there yeah Trish is in there too yep. why did she Trish. never learn lady's actual name uh, she throws so after she learns that Arkham is basically this huge bad guy and also her dad and basically used and murdered her mom and tried to murder her she basically rejects her old name that he gave her and goes, you know what? Lady is fine. Wow. Um, yeah. So, essentially, uh, they... the, the big thing that the anime introduces is the character of Morrison, who makes an appearance in 5, and is sort of like a, um, sort of like intelligence broker. Mm-hmm. Like, he learns about jobs and brings them to Dante and stuff. Um... It also introduces uh, a young girl who gets... So her whole story is that she's put up as sort of the sole inheritor of this massive fortune. You know, like Cinderella story. You know, because she was an orphan. Uh, It turns out that the woman who actually was supposed to inherit everything was using her as a diversion slash meat shield. For the demonic mm-hmm. forces who are responsible for her uh, family fortune. After they came back to collect. So the idea was, oh, my family sold our soul to get rich. And now I'm going to set up this orphan kid I found as me to take the fall. So that she can die and I can in- reap all the benefits. Dante's like, yeah, that's some serious bullshit. Sets the actual one up to take the fall, so the kid survives, and because no one knew that the kid was not actually supposed to be the inheritor, she inherits everything. Hooray! She's the Strawberry Sunday. That's where all that kind of comes from. Um, She does show up in five. She leaves Dante a voice message being like, Dante, it's my birthday! Why haven't you come over? Also, I'm 18 now! Hint, hint, wink, wink. Dante's like, ugh, click. Good. Dante yes. is more moral than most anime protagonists. Exactly. Thank you, Dante. Um, Thank you for being the one good dude. Yeah. But nothing, like, super critical happens in the anime. Uh, ditto 2. Um, 2 is kind of a mess of a story. And I honestly super don't remember it. Um, because it has zero bearing on anything that comes after. So what happens in 4 then? So 4. So 4 takes place in this... Starts us off in this uh, happy little side city. Uh, in the castle... In the island town of Fortuna. Mm-hmm. where Which is this small town that is the sort of main hub it's basically the um the vatican for that for that cult that worships sparta so this is a cult that worships um uh i heart humans geiger right 
as their Giver. savior. As their savior. Right. Their Giver, the Giver is their Lord and, Lord and Savior. What could possibly go wrong? Right. Um, and we, here we are introduced to Nero. Okay. Uh, who has sort of grown up in the town. Mm-hmm. He never really knew his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this cool demon arm, though, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's also got a childhood friend slash waifu named Kyrie. Okay. Her older brother is a part of the church. She's a part of the mm-hmm. church. He's kind of part of the church. Like, you know, he grew up on it, but he's not, like, really practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are attending services when... And basically the pope of this religion is giving a sermon when all of a sudden Dante shows up Oh, breaks no. in and starts murdering people. But why? Including the Pope of this religion. But why? Why did he shoot the Pope of his of this religion? So Nero's like, "What the fuck's going on?" And the and the players are like, "What the fuck is Dante doing, murdering humans?" Uh. So. So Nero's like. Like, Kyrie, get out of here. Get some, get people out. You know, evacuate the city. And Nero fights Dante. Mm. In four, your tutorial fight is against Dante. Mm. And and Nero quickly reveals that he's on roughly the same level as Dante. And Dante's like, huh? That's weird. So, spoilers. Like. 18 years ago, uh, Virgil came to Fortuna following up on leads about his dad, Sparta, mm-hmm. and how he could get more power. And okay. was and while there, met some chick. Okay. They banged. They banged. Virgil left. All right. And Nero was born. Cool. So Nero is Virgil's son. Dante mm-hmm. is his uncle. Yes. Dante's the fun uncle. Okay. Which also makes Sparta his grandfather. Right. Yeah. So why did Dante shoot everyone? So it turns out that this church has actually been super experimenting with demonic abilities and sort of turning themselves into demons. Oh, dear. To try and kind of like emulate Sparta. Okay. Uh, and that the Pope of this religion has basically gone like kind of power crazy and is basically building a giant mech. Oh shit. Powered by demonic <laughs> powered by demonic energy. That's no good. No. Uh, they have the Yamato. They've been tapping into it to try okay. trying to turn people into demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of kind of know that Nero has demonic heritage um, b- basically uh, Kyrie's older brother reveals that he's been sort of a part of all of this but when things turn against Kyrie he rebels and is killed for it so Nero has to sort of take up the mantle 
Uh, he finally meets up with Dante. Dante explains what's going on. They team up. Nero gets the... Uh, Nero sort of fuses with the Yamato. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's Virgil's son, so he gets the Yamato. He has the Yamato cannon now. Yeah. Uh, which sort of further empowers his demonic abilities. It gives him summon swords and cool shit. Um, cool. Together, they end up beating the giant mech. Kyrie, Kyrie is saved. Uh, Nero knows that he's, you know, he's related to, he's related to Sparta. Um, and ends up working with Dante at Devil May Cry at the office. So then this brings us up to five at the office. Right. I'm super rushing through things, um, but that's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. I think that we are giving a good amount of plot. Yeah, but really, I mean, the, the, the storyline of the series is really just about a family of demon, like half demon, half humans. Like, oh, yeah. That's pretty much what it's about. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it, it's about the, their interactions. And does Virgil ever get out of... So wait, where where what is Virgil's status post one? Well, so here we go. So that's five. That, five that's where we're going yeah. to get to. Yeah. So, so basically, Virgil's like this. Just to be clear, Virgil's this like side playable character in like three. Uh, so it, three. Prime, three. So like primary he's antagonist. And three as well. Yeah. So he's a recurring antagonist. He's a recurring antagonist. Semi playable uh, character. Semi playable character. Most you see him mostly in three and somewhat in one. Um, you meet his son in four, but five kind of is like so. so five five is where the real. whole family gets together. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot. Do you like the Metal Gear series? I've only I've never played a Metal. I've heard the Metal Gear games are great. I should see it. Does he remind? Is he? Are you talking about Revolver? Ocelot? Yeah, he reminds me a lot. His relationship with Dante is. I mean, obviously Dante and Virgil are twin brothers, but. His relationship with Dante reminds me a lot of the relationship between Revolver, Ocelot, and Snake. Right, because you see throughout the timeline their different interactions and such. Right, they're and they're always fighting against each other usually, but like sometimes it's like it's like a Gary and Pokemon. It's very like rivalish. Mm-hmm. Right, they have there's mutual respect. Right, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's the typical Shonen rivalry. Right, right. Yeah. Um. Also. Just want to take a moment and be like, to draw to the fact that Curie, who has worshipped Sparta, in the course of this, finds out that not only is her is her boyfriend Sparta's grandson, but mm-hmm. Dante also exists. This is does equivalent Kyrie, does, to this is the equivalent to finding out that Jesus is alive, mm-hmm. that he works as a demon hunter, and loves pizza. And is actual proof that your religion is correct. Interesting. So wait, does she and you're try dating to his leave? uncle, and you're dating his cousin. Does she try to leave Virgil? Uh, does she try to leave Nero for Dante? Then, oh no, no, no. She and she and Nero are like super adorable together. This game sounds oddly pure for something yeah, about yeah. Ga- about uh, based off like. 
demons and uh it's very and i love human guyver it's very tongue-in-cheek de- demonic it's like yeah. not it's it, it, it's it's, it's all about th- woohoo pizza party time i think i think three might be the most actually dark entry in the series i guess one is pretty dark too but one is um, is dark and spooky yeah in that sort of way but three has probably like the most like serious like undertones right Everything else is kind of fun and goofy. So here's yeah. a serious question then. When you play these games, do you guys prefer playing them with the English uh, yeah. dub yeah. or do you like the Japanese sub? You, you usually dub? don't have the option. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I do English, yeah. And to be is fr- the English voice cast good? It's cheesy. It's, 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 it's deliberately kind of cheesy, but the voice yeah. actors do a fairly good job. Good. I can dig it. So we are about reaching the end of this. So five, tell yeah. us five. What's happening in five? So the whole it, family's together. Yeah. So what's at the, happening? So man? at the start of five, um, so Nero, Dante, Trish, and Lady have teamed up with um, uh, Nico, who is Nico. the daughter of the woman who made Dante's guns. And the daughter of one of the bad guys from 4? And you're kind of like, wait, that guy had sex? And had a kid? Really? As you Him? Really? Well, Ugh. one of the things you find out through the years is it's not that hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a low achievement. <laughs> so, so, they've, so they've teamed up with Nico... And have now a second location, a mobile Devil May Cry shop location. Um, okay. In the van. So, five starts off. It's been like, I think, like two years since the end of four. Um, so, it's continuing the Nero. Yeah. Dante, Nero and, Lady, Trish. Yep. Nero and, and Nico are working on the van. Um, Kyrie is like. We hear Kyrie go, basically go, hey guys, it's time for dinner. So Nico leaves to go have dinner. Nero's like, cool, I'll finish up. I'll clean up and be right in. As he's cleaning up, a strange, mysterious figure shows up in the garage. And Nero's oh. like, okay, can I help you with something? Uh, this mysterious figure grabs Nero, throws him against the wall. And in doing so, rips off Nero's devil arm. Oh no! Like just it's dad, daddy's just, home, just straight off. Um, it, Nero's devil—he basically destroys Nero's devil arm to get back the Yamato. Okay. Cuts open a portal in space and walks through. Daddy's home, right? That's that's that dad. is. If at this point you saw this and didn't go, okay, that's totally Virgil. You haven't been paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's who. <laughs> Basically. Um, okay. So Daddy has maimed his son's maimed his son and what and, do we happen and next? fucks off. Fucks okay. Off. Like um, like he's really good at doing. Yeah. Nico starts making King of Absent Fathers. Yep. Uh, Nico starts making prosthetics for him to replace that's yep. to replace that missed arm. Um during this Morrison shows up and is like, hey, there's a, uh, got someone, someone's got a job for you. And they introduce us to the new character, V. 
Mm. And V is like, V basically shows up like, okay, so you killed Mundus. There's a new demon who wants to be king of hell named Urizen. And Urizen is going through the process of growing a new Clyphod. Right. The fuck off huge demon tree that murders a bunch of humans to create an apple of power. Right. I remember the Clyphod. Yep. Um, And they're like, okay, cool. We should totally stop that. Where's this taking place? It's taking place in Redgrave City. Oh, dear. Yep. What's Redgrave City? The main that's, city. That's where, uh, that's where the Sparta household used to be. Oh, shit. Yep. Um, so, they... So, uh, Dante, V, and Nero team up along with Trish and Lady and they show up and immediately go to attack Urizen. Mm. And Urizen kicks their asses. Mm. Like, like, Lady and Trish get, like, battered aside. Dante manages to sort of hold his own, um, but gets beat up pretty badly, which is when Nero shows up. At this point, Nero only has the one arm. Right. And he try he does his best to take on Urizen. It doesn't really work, but he at least buys enough time for Dante to get up mm-hmm. and DT- double trigger up and go after him. Right. While telling Nero to make a run for it because he's at this point Nero is just dead weight. He's just getting in the way because he's right. down a full arm. This pisses <laughs> Nero off to no end. <laughs> Being called so dead weight. Super Saiyan, so he goes Super Saiyan 2 then. Nope. Nope. Nero and Virgil, uh, Nero and V leave. Uh, after Dante gets his shit kicked in and the rebellion, the sword rebellion is broken in half. Oh dear. Like Yurzen like shatters the rebellion and like just single punches, like one punches Dante in his devil trigger form. Oh dear. Yeah, so right off the bat, oh shit, we've moved up a league. Oh wow. So, so V and Nero retreat. Yes. Which Or, well, or, I guess we'll get to that later, right? Yeah. They, they retreat, Clyphod comes up, and starts making a mess of things. Okay. In the mean, so Nero takes a few days to recover and finally gets a new replacement prosthetic from Nico, the de- mm-hmm. which are his devil arms, which is his new game mechanic here. Right. He and V come back, make a new assault on Redgrave City, fighting their way, trying to destroy the Clyphod. Mm-hmm. They eventually find, uh, they they eventually find Dante. Mm-hmm. Sort of wake him up. Uh, Dante picks up the Devil Sword Sparta to mm-hmm. sort of replace the broken rebellion. Mm-hmm. And they keep going back through it. Um, 
Dante eventually makes his way back to the Sparta household. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the meanwhile, uh, Nero and Dante fight two new demons who, it turns out, were using uh, Lady and Trish as sort of power sources. They get freed up. And V reveals to Trish that he is actually half of Virgil. So Virgil has made his, has basically stumbled his way out of the demonic realm. Mm -hmm. Like barely alive. Most of his power gone. And uses the Yamato on himself to split himself into two. One half, the human half of him becomes V, mm -hmm. and the demon half is Urizen. Oh. Interesting. Meanwhile, so, meanwhile, Nero's going through all this, being like, I gotta get stronger. I can't let him call me dead weight again. I have to get more power, because the desire for power yeah. is stored in the balls. <laughs> He inherited Gosh, the desire for more power from his dad. And his dad is beside him as V. He just doesn't know it. Right. Well, sort of. Um, they get up to the top. They get up to the top of the Clyphod. Mm -hmm. And start fighting Urizen, who at this point yes. has gotten the apple and eaten the apple and become even stronger. Yes. They fight Urizen. He beats them pretty badly when all of a sudden a new huge-ass demon shows up. We, we oh, go boy. back in time after that point. Mm -hmm. So Dante's been making his way through Redgrave City mm. and finally arrives back at the Sparta household, which is where we see the family right. portrait. Right. Um, finds out that that uh, V and Yurzen are two houses the same of Virgil, split right. from the Yamato. Right. And he th thinks to himself, okay, well, I can't fight Yurzen as I am. If the Yamato splits things apart and the Rebellion puts things together and I got my Devil Trigger after Virgil stabbed me with the Rebellion way back when, what if I stab myself with rebellion while carrying the Devil Sword Sparta? Dante does this, absorbs oh the power of the Devil Sword Sparta, oh and boy. gets a new level of Devil Trigger. Oh shit. The Sin Devil Trigger. Uh, oh boy. Where he becomes this huge, like, dr almost dragon esque demon wow and has enough power to form his own new sword the devil sword dante mm. <laughs> which gives him um the summon swords ability that virgil had which is the ability to summon swords made out of energy and use them yes with this newfound power dante basically zooms up the clyphod shows up and kicks Urizen's ass. 
with nice. his noose in Double Trigger. Nice. And they're like, they're like, whoo! All right, cool. Fix that issue. Hey, wait, wait, V, V, what are you doing? What are you doing? V has at this point is almost falling apart, and refuses himself with Urizen. Mm-hmm. And Virgil is back. Oh. Dante goes off to fight Virgil. Nero wants to go fight Virgil. And Dante stops him. And Nero's like, okay, if this is about me being deadweight again, I don't want to fucking hear it. And Dante's like, no, you can't fight him. He, You can't fight and kill him. He's your dad. <laughs> Which is the first time. But I can kill him. Nero learns who his dad brother, is. My own brother, no problem. Oh yeah, I can take on my brother. We've done this shit before, but I'm not letting you kill your dad. So they okay. go off. So Dante goes off and starts fighting. Starts fighting Virgil. And Nero's like, I am sick and tired of this bullshit. Mm. Like, calling me dead weight, not letting me be a part of this. My uncle and my dad, who I have just finally met for the first time, are going off to go kill each other. No, you know what? You know what? Enough is enough. I've had it with this motherfucking sibling rivalry on this motherfucking plane of existence. <laughs> Strong. Strong. Um, Dante, Dante tells Virgil that Nero is his kid. Virgil's like, oh. Oh, right. I did sleep with that chick. Eh, oh, well. Um, but Nero finally... Nero calls up Kyrie, sort of tells her what's going on. Kyrie gives him some advice and finally sort of... He's finally settles sort of his... His traumas, so to speak. And resolves, no, he's going to stop this fight. The only way he knows how. Which is when Nero finally regrows his demon arm that was cut off and gets his devil trigger. Devil trigger Nero shows up, uses his grip abilities which are now doubled in his Devil Trigger form, to basically force Dante and Virgil apart and then beat some sense into them. All right. Uh, he has a final... You get a final match against against Virgil uh, as the final boss where you get to fight him as Nero. It's super cool. The Clyphod is still there, though, and there's still kind of an open portal uh between the human realm and the demon realm mm-hmm. so the game ends with dante and virgil finally sort of setting aside their differences and they decide that they're going to go down into the de- demon realm and take out the clyphod from that end of things because nero is now cool. finally at the point where nero can take care of the human realm so DMC5 ends uh, Dante and Virgil are in the demon realm kicking ass and taking names 
and they've left they've left Nero in charge of D- Devil May Cry the shop and the human world. Cool. It's a game about growth and family. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can dig it. There are a few. I can dig it. There are a few kind of nods here and there to things uh, in the previous in the series throughout all of it, uh, like the fact that the demons that V summons and fight with fights with are actually two of the demons you fought as Dante in Devil May Cry One. Interesting. They are bosses from DMC One that you get to have as sort of minions. Um, wow. There's also this really cool thing they put in where when you are playing the game, uh, there are portions of the game where you can see sort of the other storyline or the other missions taking place. Oh, cool. Uh, because a lot of stuff happens sort of concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the game does is it actually records your play data. Mm-hmm. So that when you are playing through, you can see someone else's play data off in the distance. Oh, cool. Uh, so, like, there'll be times where you'll be playing, like, as V, and you'll be going through, and you'll see Nero, like, on the other side, so- like, other part of the map. And that's actually mm-hmm. a person playing. Oh, cool. Uh, but what's really cool is they actually planned for this and put in a toggle. So... Things like Nero's Devil Trigger or mm-hmm. uh, the Devil Sword Sparta for Dante or the Devil Sword Dante for Dante or Sin Devil Trigger, what have you, mm-hmm. are potential spoilers. Interesting. There is a toggle you can flip so that it will only use game data from people who don't have those based on where you are in the story. Oh, cool. So that way you won't have things like that way. So if you're playing through the first time, you won't have Nero's Devil Trigger spoiled because you'll be watching someone playing through, replaying through the first mission, and they'll use it. Interesting. Right. No, I, it sounds like a really fun and cool game. Um, I may have to check it out. Uh, I guess the main question I have as we begin to wrap this up is. Uh, with both of you guys, if someone is going to go into the Devil May Cry series, do you think you should just pick up five? Do you think you should pl- pick up three, one? Are there some games that, that can be skipped, some essential? Like, what's the what's the you play should, order? So everyone should skip two. Okay, skip it's, two. Just just skip two. Um, Five is probably was, the easiest to get your hands on. Yeah, I was gonna say I would I would probably do five first or one one or five first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the the remastered versions of four and the remastered versions of the collector's edition, which is one through three, and five are all available on PlayStation Four. Great. So, so if you have a PlayStation Four, you uh, can start at a- one and go through the whole thing yes. if you want. Um. But one is probably it sounds like you can start at five and then if you like it you can go back yeah um cool or i would usually say so if you are brand new to the series you've never picked it up um yeah. i would say pick up the special edition the collection first mm-hmm. and play one 
Because right. one is the simplest out of all of them. Right. And if you can right. wrap your head around one, right, then you're golden. Um, so either play five first or one first. Right. Now, if you are on Xbox, um, I know five is available on Xbox, and it was actually just recently added to the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so if you have oh, an cool. Xbox One and the Xbox Game Pass, you can play five right away. Oh, I should go get the Xbox Game Pass and play five right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do not know uh, the availability of the previous games on Xbox. Mm. Uh, they have traditionally always been a PlayStation exclusive system. Five changed right. that. Right. Uh, four, I'm not four sure. Was also if it, on Xbox. Hmm? Four was also on Xbox. Four was also on Xbox. Uh, but I'm not sure about one through three. Cool. Uh, and the version well, of this... and four came out later on Xbox. Got it. It was on it was on PlayStation first, if I recall. Um, cool. So if you've got a PS4, you've got the whole series at your fingertips. Xbox One, you've got five readily available. Not sure about the rest. Well, I have an Xbox, so if I I guess I know what I'm starting with. I'm going to start with five. If yep. I choose to dive into this game, uh, and uh, then we'll see. But this is actually this is pretty fun in terms of just like learning all about this lore and stuff. I think that was a lot of good compression of like the history on both sides of it. Right. Um, and, I also and there's, love. There's a lot more I could talk about, like the fact that Nico is basically a Looney Tunes character um, with her ability to drive the van. Um, but I, yeah, I think we've gotten a good a good chunk of the way through. I think um, that we have more than enough what we need for Devil May Cry. Devil um, May Cast. And for Devil May Cast, Devil May Cry. There's a lot of devil stuff. I'm just happy that I was able to contribute. It's no Yarnum Dandy, but um, uh, the Giver <laughs> with an I Love Human shirt is, I hope, seared into our listeners' brains. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so is there anything else we want to go over in this cast uh, before we, we sign it off? Uh, just one question. Tristan, what's your favorite in the series? It's for me. It's probably three or five. Like three five is five oh, is five. amazing, and three mm. is super fun to play. Mm. Um, it's, it's, really it's really a toss up. It's really toss up. I think, I think five the nostalgia ha- for me is three. Mm. Yeah, but. Probably after that one, because one just kind of started it all and had the mood and the tone and all that. Yeah, the, the problem nice. I have with playing one is how limited the control scheme is. Yeah. Um, Which I like. I appreciate how simple. Yeah. Because there's still a lot of depth into it. It's just simpler. Yeah, and there right. are still things I can't do. Like, like I am not good at these games. I wish I was better. Um, oh, and, and for all of you listening, and for you, Barra... There is no shame in having your first playthrough be on the easier difficulty. Hey, I'm there not is... good at beat em up anything, well, so no, no. I will be putting that on easier difficulty. Yeah. Well, so so in three, you have to unlock easy difficulty. Son of a bitch. By dying enough. Yeah. You Alrighty have to then. die a certain number of times, and the message will come up easy mode is now selectable. 
Okay then. Okay <laughs> you then. cheeky bastards. Um, because yet DMC is considered the Edge Lord game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, because this is a game that rewards and encourages multiple playthroughs. Like your first right. playthrough of five, you won't have enough red orbs to get every skill. Right. So the game is intended right. to be played again and again. Right. Your so first playthrough of five, you may not beat the first boss that you're not supposed to beat, but you can actually beat the first that boss you fight, and if you beat it, the game just ends. Wait, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. So. So if you beat Urizen in the first mission, you get a different ending. It just ends. Yeah. Oh, it just great. ends. And it's like and. So they defeated Urizen, and the Clyphod didn't burst out, and everything was great. Wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, uh, but yeah, so there is there is no shame in having your first playthrough be on an easier difficulty to get the hang of it. Mm. Then you can move on to normal difficulty, hard mode, Dante must die, heaven or hell, heaven and hell. Hell or hell. There are some wow. ludicrous difficulty levels. Well, so, I think yeah, it, this sounds great. Um, is there anything else that we want to touch on before we? Uh, not tonight. We, uh, We've been talking for a really long time. Yes, we have. Um, but I, this is a good cast. Glad to be back in the swing of things, yes. and I think it's safe to preview that the next deep dive we're going to do is into the beautiful world of Netflix and a certain show that many of us are strangely obsessed with. Uh, it may be a stranger cast than we're used to. Uh-huh. We're of course <laughs> we'll talking, talk about those things later. Yeah. And we're, of course, referring to Life is Strange. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but until ne- next time... Until next time, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. May all your devil hunting go well. May you always be super sexy, stylish. Gotta go for that triple S. And always remember that Devil Trigger is a fucking banger. And I'm Vera. <laughs> you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yes. On spoilermedia.net. Um, you can follow us on the spoiler cast uh, on iTunes. We're on Spotify now, which is really freaking exciting. And uh, Stitcher and all those fun little RSS thingy mabobbers. Um, are we on SoundCloud? Uh, I think. I don't remember. Maybe I not. mean, I, I just want to take Takashi69's credibility. That yeah. piece. <laughs> you know, I don't think we are, because I think you have to direct upload those. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Well, then, boo to that. Yeah. You can keep his credibility. <laughs> um, anybody have anything else they want to hype before we adjourn? No. Uh, nothing that I want to hype at the moment, but when Allie gets back on the cast, I'm going to let her hype some really exciting stuff she's been doing. Absolutely, yeah. We'll, we'll let her talk about that because it's really exciting stuff. 100%. Yep. Alright then. Alright. Good night, All right. everybody. Vaya, good night. Good night. Vaya Candia.